Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. I'm Ray Allen, President and CEO of Peppershock Media, also a CMO for Hire, and welcome to the Marketing Expedition Series. Today, I'm really excited because we have Chris Taylor from Fisher's Technology with us. Chris, I want to know, why is it that you have been nominated 10 years in a row, best place to work? And go. Uh, honestly, I, I think it's, it's our focus on culture. Um, we make Culture is number one. Uh, we've got to have fun at work and what we do, and we've got to have extremely happy customers are important to us. When we have those two magical things happen, um, people love what they do. Excellent. All right, let's back up a little bit. Tell me a little history of who you are, what you did before Fisher's Technology, and kind of walk me through that process and how long you've been there now. So who was Chris Taylor? Uh, so I grew up in Boise. Um, went to Boise High School. Go Braves. <laughs> I uh, went to University of Idaho and got a degree in chemical engineering. Whoa, uh, <laughs> chemical engineering, yeah. and now you're a CEO of a technology printing. Co okay, let's yeah. listen to this path. Uh, so I came out of that. Um, most of my colleagues in chemical engineering were going into semiconductors or petroleum industry or um, things that were very focused industries. And and what was appealing to me was something a little broader. So I went into actually a much lower starting salary job, but a much more interesting in, in systems consulting. Mm -hmm. So I worked for Anderson Consulting right out of uh, undergrad. Okay. Um, did that for a few years and then switched to KPMG Consulting. Those two companies don't exist in those names anymore. It's right. Accenture and Bearing Point. But, okay. um, just got a, a wonderful experience uh, internationally and working with different kinds of companies and great exposure. And as my um, career kind of progressed, my challenges moved from more technical in nature to more business and leadership in nature, right. which I loved but didn't have any formal education. Somehow I escaped college without any accounting or finance oh, okay. courses. I didn't know a debit from a credit, not, not that I do now. Well, but, the original but, uh, path that you were on didn't really kind of lend a whole lot to the business. So. No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, so I, I, after five or six years of that, decided uh, to go back to, uh, to get a business degree. So I went back, got an MBA which was awesome. I was like a dry sponge. I just soaked, soaked it up, soaked it up and uh, absolutely loved it. And then moved back to Boise. Okay. Um, had the idea that, um, you know, someday I'd like to start or buy a business but um, or run a business within a business. And really the best opportunity at the time was at Micron. Mm -hmm. So I did a year-long management rotation program where I okay. got to know Micron from a lot of different angles, different... Uh, didn't really have a job, but got to know Micron very well and, and then deployed into kind of a strategy role. And then uh, Gary Mon came to me in late 2005. The great Gary Mon. Great yeah. Gary Mon, he is great. Um, and said, hey, I, I own this business or majority share of this business and it's in need of a, of a recharge. Right. And it was- it Set the it, refresh button right there, yeah, the reset. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so I accepted. It was I loved Micron, and here was an opportunity for me to go uh, really accelerate my career path, run a company, do a turnaround. I thought it'd be a, maybe a two or three year project, <laughs> and uh, that was in, started in two thousand six. Yeah, and we're in two thousand eighteen now. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, f I fell in love with the company, with the industry, um, and uh, so bought a partner out over time, and then uh, ultimately two thousand twelve 
two of my partners in the business uh, bought out the rest of, of Gary's uh, ownership, and okay. so we're we're all in, yeah. and that's uh, yeah, that was twelve years ago. Wow, and you've come a long way since then. I think that there has been consistent growth throughout the years, even during the downturn in the economy. Yeah, in fact, we might have grown even faster during the downturn, okay. um, b because in our in the copy print side of our business, we have a competency called Managed Print Services, where we analyze print in an organization and reduce operational cost. Well, prior to the downturn, no one really cared about you know copiers and printers, printing, whatever, just do it by a printer, whatever. Well, when you start looking at expenses, you realize print actually is quite expensive. So we had more of an audience during the downturn uh, okay. than we had during the good times before that. Because now suddenly uh, everyone is cost reduction. What do we need to do? How do we do it? How do we, you know, shave off those pennies every time we print, right? Or exactly. too much if you're overprinting, all of those things. Yep. Yeah. We didn't have that audience before, so we actually had great growth Good. during the downturn. Nice. Um, but I, I think every year we've had at least double-digit growth. And, um, Good. So what are some of the things that have kind of contributed to the growth, and and I know that you talk a lot about your hiring practices and things that you do there, but what are some things that you think, um, what other things have really contributed to the success of Fisher's technology? We said not to mention hiring, but I, th I think that's number one. Right. Our people are, we have amazing, we are so lucky to have such amazing people in our mm -hmm. company. Um, and so it starts with, it starts with hiring. Mm -hmm. We can't hire well if we don't have a culture that they wanna work in, and mm -hmm. so they've, feed each other, um, I really would attribute it to our people. Right. They are um, smart, funny, driven, customer-centric, humble, um, just great people. Uh, and and they, I had the pleasure the of meeting one of your newest recruits who did a capstone project on Fisher's technology and said, I want to work for Fisher's. And she told me that, um, you know, you guys are given a chance on her, but she was somebody that kind of sought you out and really is devoted and dedicated and, and had all kinds of fun things to say about Fisher's. And she it was her day number two on, on the job. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now she's going to go run a, a division. But speaking of going elsewhere from here where we're at in, in Boise, Idaho, you're starting to expand and grow in other areas too. Tell me about where you're at now. So we've for 82 years have been headquartered in only location here in Boise. And then about five years ago, expanded a little more than that into Twin Falls and Idaho Falls. Mm -hmm. We're in Sun Valley now. And then last summer we did an acquisition in Billings, Montana. Giddy and up. <laughs> open up in Great Falls and in Helena and so on and so forth. Very so, cool. Yeah. The now, West. any more plans of expansion in other areas? You know, no specific plans. Um, we, we feel like we've got a magic formula, yeah. uh, which isn't secret. It's great people. <laughs> yeah, great um, people. But we've got a great thing going. And so we don't want to bite off more than we can chew. We want to get it right in Montana. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, absolutely. We're we're open to other smart, smart growth. We've we've grown too fast at times, um, and that was definitely a lesson learned that we've got to be smart in our growth. Uh, we had, you know, when we grew really fast, morale dropped, customer experience dropped. Um, mm -hmm. We just didn't keep up well, and we held it together, and we learned from it. And right. so now we know it's got to be a smart, smart growth. Yeah. So let's do talk about uh, some of your hiring practices that you do, maybe a little bit different than other people, or maybe other people can learn from some of the things that you've picked up on in hiring really great people. And you've talked about this before in some of your workshops that you've done with me, but with others too. But some of the things that you do when you go through that hiring process, what are some things that you can share? 
So I, I think a typical hiring process involves some great questioning, great tactics to to learn about past experiences and apply them to the future. And you'll come in and you'll meet for an hour maybe with somebody and then somebody else and then somebody else and maybe another few rounds of, of those things. Those teams will get together and share notes and decide if it's a good fit. And that's a, that's a, that's great in interviewing. And we want to add on top of that another component. And that is developing a deep one-on-one -on -one relationship with the hiring manager, the person mm -hmm. who will be that person's boss or supervisor. Right. Um, so our process, on top of all those other things, makes sure that we are building a great relationship there. Great meaning they're getting to know each other, they're being vulnerable with each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we say is accelerate the relationship process. Because mm -hmm. the person who shows up for an interview shows up with great energy, they put their best foot forward, they, they want to... They're prim and proper and they're going to say exactly yeah, what you want to hear, they're, right? They're in sales mode, they're selling themselves. And similarly, the company that doing the interviewing is selling themselves right. and putting their best foot forward. Well, those two things may not be the relationship that exists six or 12 months down the road. Right. The true right. Uh, issues with the company come After out. After the honeymoon, the true, right? Yeah, the honeymoon it, phase is now is over. over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So our process really tries to get to know the candidate extremely well and for them to get to know us extremely well, all of our strengths and all of our weaknesses, uh, build trust through that process so that we know the real person and they know the real fishers. Right, right. And then we can say, this is going to be a great fit or... You know, this probably isn't going to be a great fit. So how often do you spend all this time with people and later discover it's not going to be a good fit? Does that happen more often than the other way around? Does it happen more often where... It's not the good fit? I'll tell you, when, it's, when, it, when it doesn't work, right. um, typically we shortchanged our process. We maybe hired on gut feel. We okay. didn't invest in that, in our, in our true process. Okay. Um, if we do invest in our true process, we know where it's going to fail. The process tells us. And we still may hire, even though we know that. We talk ourselves out of that uh, failure point. Right. We say, you know, we can overcome that. Yeah. And we don't, ah. right? Mm -hmm. um, if we follow the process and we make sure we feel solid about it, it's almost a great mm -hmm. long-term relationship. And by the way, if people leave Fishers because we didn't have the opportunity for their career path or whatever reason, but we gave it our best and we had a great time together and yeah. contributed to each other. We celebrate that departure. We say, great job, you're off to your dream job and we had a great time together. Go and we celebrate with them yeah. uh, for moving on. Kind of root them on to make sure that, you know, and if it doesn't always work and if it's that they do find greener grass on the other side or maybe just different grass, right? Because sometimes it's not always greener on, no, it's always greener where you water it. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for example, if someone wants to, we ask people, what is your someday goal? What do you want to do someday? Mm -hmm. If somebody's someday goal is to be a CFO, mm -hmm. well, we have a CFO at Fishers. Right. It, he's an owner in the company. He's young, so he's not about to retire, and he's a very good CFO. So that yeah. position is not coming up anytime soon. Yeah, right. Fishers. <laughs> but if we know someone wants to be a CFO, we can get them amazing finance and accounting and administrative experiences right. within Fishers. Yeah. And then when that great opportunity to become a CFO exists somewhere else, yeah. boy, we're celebrating together. And, and then basically they could even have Fishers Technology come into the company wherever they go. So it's a good success plan, right? Well, I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a side yes, benefit. Yes, right? It's yeah. a side benefit. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. So. How do you incorporate fun in your culture? What are some of the things that you do with employees and clients that help build your culture? Uh, the, f the first part of it is hiring for fun. We want to make sure someone fits our culture and our values and our, our sense of fun. Yeah. 
um, and we want to hire people. We love that, to have fun. <laughs> well, that's the execution part. Yeah, yeah we we um, we hire people that we know we're going to have fun with, and they'll have fun with us. So good cultural fits that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of kind of tactical, tangible things that we do for fun, we quarterly we do some sort of a competition. We we'll go bowling. We do horseshoes. We do paintball. We do uh, escape rooms. We do things. We're out engaging and we're having fun, mm-hmm. um, and we're relating to each other as humans outside of the context of the workplace. Right. So that now we have that bond and that relationship that we can bring back when there's hard work to do together in the workplace. Now we have that level of relationship to go do some real hard work mm-hmm. in the workplace. So there, yeah, yeah, we're having fun and we're also building deeper relationships and trust too. You're building trust. Trust is yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Very good. And I know I've been to a couple of the tailgate parties that you do, which are phenomenal, right? They are. They're a lot of work, but yeah. they're, they're a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at Boise State, there's always tailgate parties that, that uh, we get to, clients get to go. I, clients and employees. So you have to be a, a client of Fisher's Tech or maybe a potential client, right? <laughs> Lots of potential. Yes, potential right, yeah. can always come. Yeah. Always welcome. Fantastic. And that's always a good time. And then you get to watch the game. But uh, And then there's always business after hours that you do. You host with the chambers. and. So I, I spoke originally more about the fun that we do internally. And then absolutely, we want to have fun with the community around yeah. us. So our customers are prospective customers mm-hmm. uh, and the community. Um, so yeah, we're always, we're throwing parties. We're, if we do golf tournaments, we try and have fun there, our tailgates, Mm -hmm. those things. We also do lots of educational seminars, like we're going to do together here. Mm -hmm. Um, we do them all the time at Fishers, at our facility, like we have seven locations at all those facilities elsewhere in the community. So we're trying to provide educational content Mm -hmm. and engage with value add, but then also having fun as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. People do business with people they like and enjoy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. have fun. No like and trust, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. So we opened up with um, the best places to work, and you've been nominated again as one of the Idaho's best places to work. Tell me about that process and what that is exactly. What does it mean? Um, so there's an independent uh, organization, Populous, that puts together this survey, mm-hmm. Um, employee survey. Uh, that So it's an independent group. Employees anonymously fill out this quite lengthy assessment of their employment. <laughs> I've heard it's pretty lengthy. Uh, and companies yeah. throughout the state go mm-hmm. through this. And then there's categories of very small company, small company, large company, and really large company. Um, and they just, the top scoring, and who knows what the magic is there of their scoring, but uh, they come back and say, your employees um, voted you as one of the top oh, cool. companies to work in the state of Idaho. Ah. So we've we just found out Yesterday, I believe, we're again in the top 10 for large companies in Idaho. I uh, don't know which position. Right. Uh, you won't find out until the awards banquet, exactly, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, they haven't told us to invite our whole company yet, though, so maybe we're not number one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I assume number one, they <laughs> well, yeah, how many people? And, and, how many people are in your company now? We're a little over 120 at this point. Yeah, they're not going to tell you to invite your whole company, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of people. No one I pay for that. Yeah, Yeah, right, yeah. (laughs) 120, wow. And that's, so that's including all the way from Montana to Eastern Idaho to here. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really, last I talked to you, it wasn't as many. So you've, you have, you really have grown. (laughs) That's right, yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Okay, so because we're talking about company culture and branding and uh, the experience that you have when you walk through the doors at Fisher's, uh, tell me a little bit about what somebody could expect when they become a Fisher's client and they work with your employees. What kind of experience are they going to get from working with Fisher's? I'll start off with a tie into the best places to work. You know, 
our theory is if we have happy, enthusiastic, engaged employees, that they will impart a happy, enthusiastic, engaged experience on our customers. Um, I started out day one at Fisher's, January 9th, 2006, Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't know, I wouldn't have put this term on it at the time of enculturation, Mm -hmm. but we needed a cultural rally cry for the company. And um, so I feel lucky, again, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't think. But I picked a rally cry of extremely happy customers. It's, it's a, you know, team, we need to have extremely happy customers. Right. When we have extremely happy customers, we will grow, we will thrive, we'll have fun, they'll have fun, and we'll grow even faster. Um, and so that rally cry of extremely happy customers has continued right. through. It's, now it's the core of our mission statement. It's, it's our passion as an organization. If, if when we have letters that we have thrilled a customer, it's our best day. Right. And when we have... Uh, notice that we have upset a customer. It's our worst day. That's what our when we don't sleep at night. Right. It's yeah. it's uh, you know our our wins and losses aren't financial. Our celebrations and mm-hmm. are, are not financial in nature. They're yeah. truly our passion is extremely happy customers, and right. so that has that is our culture. Mm-hmm. Extremely happy customers and have fun. Good. Um, and so w- when you have a culture around that. It, it just can't help but permeate that, that customer experience. And I'm sure there are counterexamples. And mm-hmm. you stub your toe and you learn from those. You know, we say problems are opportunities. And when we mess up, that's a great thing. Go make it right. What do you send out when, uh, when you have messed up before? Uh, a humble pie. Yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> we take a fresh baked pie to the, to the client and say, we strive for amazing customer experiences. And we feel like we have let you down here recently. Please accept this as a humble token of our uh, apology, and we will learn from this and do better for you. Uh, Hopefully, not too many humble pies have been out. Once a week is probably yeah. not good for a given. <laughs> for, we better do something different if yeah. we keep messing up for somebody. But, but problems really are opportunities to 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 make it right, and then to learn from that. So, mm-hmm. not only do that again, not do that again for that client, but right. learn from it so we don't do it anywhere else and get better yeah. as an organization. Get your process figured out if something's not quite right. And Continuous improvement is yeah. is a is a core value for us. Is, don't rest on our laurels. We're good, and we can be a lot better. What is one of your favorite moments at Fisher's? If you were to look back at all of the years that you've been there now, what are some favorite stories or you know things that have impacted you that you can immediately think of when I ask you that question? What uh, first came to mind to me is I, I have a monthly meeting. We call it a cross-functional breakfast meeting. Um, we bring in about eight to ten cross-functional employees. So people, People from different aspects. Not to be of the confused company. with dysfunctional. That would not be Hopefully right. Hopefully not dis- <laughs> dysfunctional breakfast. Okay, I could call that, call it that sometimes. Um, cross functional. Cross functional, okay. and okay. we kind of share what we do in the organization first, and then I carve up the whiteboard into quadrants, and we're going to say we're going to talk about four things today. One is, what are we doing at Fishers that make customers extremely happy? You can see acculturation. Ah, yeah, there you go. Acculturate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely happy that you want to make sure we never lose. And then we're going to talk about what if you could change something about Fishers that would make our customers even happier, what would that be? And then same question except for us as team members. What do we do at Fishers that, that makes you happy to come to work and love what you do? And what if we changed it would make you even happier to wake okay. up and come to work in the morning? And then so we do a sticky note exercise and we kind of shares our ideas and it's, and it's lovely. And we get done, the left side of that whiteboard are the great things that we're doing for our customers and the great things that we're doing for us. The right side is are my marching orders of things. Pick out the major themes and go go work on that in our business. Nice. 
So and I, that's once a month. That's once a month. month. Okay. I'm doing it tomorrow. Oh, right. even better. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, and, and so it's so important for us to know what we need to work on because all of the great ideas that we've implemented at Fishers have either come from our customers or from our employees, yeah. period. So we've got to listen. So that right side are the things that we need to go work on in the company. And the left side, to answer your question originally, is, uh, is so prideful for me that we have pulled this off. The description of how great we are for our customers and for our team members. To look back at that and recap mm -hmm. it is, um, is, there's nothing better. Yeah, that's a great moment of, of having a pride or a sense of pride in your enculturation of what you've been doing. Fantastic. That sounds phenomenal. Well, we are going to have a culture and brand camp because we know happy employees plus happy customers helps build your brand. And so uh, April 26th at Max Giving, uh, the afternoon starting at 2.30 and then immediately following we'll have a reception. We'll have some fun. We'll have some beverages. Uh, but we're going to have Chris there as well as several others and we're going to be having this culture and brand camp. And in your section, Chris, what can people um, come to learn from you? What are you going to talk about at the culture and brand camp? So I, I give seminars on how we do our hiring, how we do strategic planning and execution, how we build culture. This is the fourth one. So this is my newest kind of addition to that right. series. Um, and I love it though. And it's, it's why to embrace conflict. Mm -hmm. how, why to seek and embrace conflict in our organizations. So healthy conflict, healthy conflict. <laughs> Good. So the importance of healthy conflict, um, why it's important, uh, how to embrace it in the organization, mm -hmm. how to have it in a healthy way, mm -hmm. some of the pitfalls we've had in embracing it, because we've been at it for about two years now, um, of culturally saying, we are having healthy conflict and here's what it means. And, and this, is this um, based off of some of the work from Patrick Lencioni, um, the five dysfunctions of a team? Yes, it yes. comes from Fisher's R&D department, rip off and duplicate. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so and maybe it, we could call it the, the cross-function dysfunction. Dysfunction, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. No, it's, it's absolutely uh, born out of Lencioni's uh, five dysfunctions of a team, which are really the five uh, characteristics of high-functioning teams and, and healthy conflict is one of those layers. Um, yeah. And with some help with from Mike McCarg from the Table Group mm -hmm. and all of Lencioni's great content, uh, we've we've ripped off and duplicated it, and we fisherized it. And so it's kind of our stories around why we think it's really important that we have healthy mm -hmm. conflict, mm -hmm. and then some of the tactics we've used to embrace conflict. So people will get to come to the workshop and listen uh, to what Chris has to offer with healthy conflict. And I think it, I like how you said you're gonna you fisherized it. I, I fisherized love it. it yeah. <laughs> we say we pepper shockify it, so oh, it's good. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, April 26th, go to peppershock.com/events, and that's where you can register. Uh, there are early bird and uh, regular fees that you can pay, but uh, hopefully it's not too much. It's pretty nominal, so that we can get people there to listen to what we have to offer and. Uh, then we'll have some fun immediately following at the happy hour reception. And so we hope you can join us for that April 26th, peppershock.com slash events. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com.